BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Take a couple of the men and go get another runner. A mean one. In Nam, he was the perfect killer. Now, he'll have to prove it again. Run, you're gonna die. Mike Danton is deadly prey. Danton? You know him? Know him. I trained him. They turned the killer loose on themselves. Troy Donahue, Fritz Matthews, and Cameron Mitchell star in a film so violent it cannot be rated. Viewer caution advised. Killer and teacher face off in a final battle. Only one can survive in Deadly Prey. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Damie Network. To find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Hello. I'm wondering if we'll find another movie in this series that has a random sequel later on that we don't find out about until like 10 minutes before this recording. Yeah, I'm sure that'll come think? up. Yeah. Who, the world this, may never know. That was the strangest thing I found watching this movie. Yeah, oh, many strange that things. was the strangest thing? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was going to make the point that all the strange things that happened in this movie, the strangest thing is that somebody went, hey, let's do this again. Well, I could see why someone would say, let's do this again. I mean, worse movies have been adapted into a sequel, I'd imagine, right? Uh, most likely. Yeah. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure well, it's true. Mannequin. Like right? Ann said, I can't think of any off the top of my well, head. Well, I, I just did. No, nothing's, coming, nothing's coming to mind. Nope. Guys, is my mic working? <laughs> Ma- mannequin? H- hello? Anyway, okay. this week is a special week. It is our 50th episode. So. I really yeah. thought Mark was going to lead in with that. So congratulations, guys. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, it's a we good accomplishment. It. I'm not going to try to use one of my terrible bits to announce it. It all is. Those, all those naysayers out there who said we, we didn't have the uh, the gumption to make it to 50 episodes. 50 episodes and a model of consistency, are we? Yeah, not bad. What did you say we only missed three weeks? Three so weeks? this year, since we started going full-time... Uh, weekly we've only not released an episode for three weeks and two of which were planned weeks off so that was like the first week of the year when we were still getting over uh, holiday hangovers and then fourth of july weekend your birthday weekend essentially right yeah 
Yeah. Mine and Mark's. Yes. That's right. You guys are only a couple of days apart. That one week I almost died was the third week. <laughs> <laughs> Everything revolves around you, Ant. I'm surprised oh, yeah. we I'm surprised we released something last week. I'm glad we did. I just finished <laughs> yeah. listening to it. Yeah. It was terrible. No. <laughs> uh, it wasn't it wasn't the the opening was so good that <laughs> we had to do it how many times did we do it, Mark? Three twice. times? Oh, yeah, twice. Okay. Yeah. So don't ever leave again, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Just gut it out if you're dying, Ant. You did it twice, and you got Geek Fives Nation wrong. Did it twice? Probably. <laughs> At least the last time. <laughs> if, I did it, if I did it wrong the first time and Mark didn't correct me, I sure as hell did it wrong the second time. So, yeah. so this is just as much as Mark's fault as it is mine. I Can we all agree on that? If that makes you feel any better? That's fine. I'll take yeah. it. This week's movie... As Rambo Last Blood is hitting theaters, we decided to do a cheap knockoff of Rambo or First Blood, whichever one you want to call it. And we did Deadly Prey from 1987, a very infamous movie. It's been covered by, I feel like, just about any podcast that does. I know Rift Tracks has done an episode yeah. on Deadly Prey, as well as Red Letter Red Media, Media. the best of the yeah. worst. Deadly Prey from 1987. Guys, what is your experience with either deadly prey or first blood slash rambo well obviously first blood and rambo you know the whole rambo series i'm very familiar with i think we all are deadly prey no clue about it hadn't heard of it it looked promising uh the uh, the box cover looked pretty cool it looked like your run-of-the-mill action movie in the in the 80s right it looked just like this buff blonde dude with a machine gun helicopter in the background it, yeah it looked like a, like a regular knockoff but this movie is anything but a regular knockoff yeah yeah so same deal first blood is, is once i got older i liked it a lot more once i understood it when you first watch it as you know a teenager and all you're just in it for wondering where all the great action is that you've seen in other rambo sequels and then once you you get a little older you get to appreciate it and i like that Obviously, it's it's one of my favorite Stallone performances in that movie. In terms of this one, I had no idea. Like most of these knockoff movies, unless they're starring somebody that I heard of that I would have seeked it out at a younger age, I probably never saw it. The first thing that came to mind when I saw the, the, the key art, you know, the cover poster thing, was that if this was made five years later, it would have starred Darren McBee. <laughs> immediately that was the first thing that popped in my head the whole aesthetic i was like all right this has a chance to just be dumb action and kind of be a little disappointing because it's going to try things that other movies have done but yeah this was a a wild ride i was not expecting yeah i i think this uh, deadly prey is rambo without the social commentary on war yeah Right, because obviously First Blood is the uh, Vietnam War. Yeah. Then was uh, Rambo Two is the. He goes back to Vietnam. He goes back to Vietnam. Then Rambo Three is, is Afghanistan. Afghanistan, and then Rambo is in Burma, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah you you have like the the genocide going on there. So all of those movies obviously reflect what's going on in society at that point, war wise. This is just batshit crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a it's an interesting one. It's it's kind of great. There are moments where this yeah. movie, if you could bottle up the last five minutes 
of this movie and turn and make it in essence, it'd be a hot seller. Man. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be it'd be the next hot drug, I think. Yeah. It, yeah, it's they're... nuts. I, I can't believe they they went that way with it. And we're going to get into it, obviously, but I'm very happy they did because this movie starts out awful. I was getting ready to turn it off. Yeah, I had I had one moment before the amazing final 10 minutes or so that I actually laughed out loud uh, for reasons I don't know. It was involuntary. And I just left out loud. And when we get to it, I want to see if you guys had a similar reaction at that moment. I'm sure I did. I mean, there's a lot of me laughing out loud with this movie. <laughs> this movie is directed by David A. Pryor, passed away in 2015. It stars his brother, Ted Pryor, Cameron Mitchell, Troy Donahue, Fritz Matthews, and David Campbell. Ted Pryor, best known, I guess, besides starring in his brother's movies as a Playgirl Playmate, hmm. appeared in a number of issues. According to his IMDb trivia, he was a very popular model for that uh, series. It has an IMDb score of 5.5 and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 57% audience. There is no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. That sounds about right for the uh, the course here, right? 50-50 almost? Yeah. yeah. Some people are either going to hate it or they're going to love it just because of its cheesiness. Yeah. I think I think this movie is back heavy in terms of its awesomeness. There are swaths of this movie that are just, you're kind of, he goes around running in the woods and just sneaks <laughs> up on people and stabs them with terrible a- NPC AI. Yeah, it was it was Metal Gear Solid-esque. Yeah. yeah. I, I, at first, I thought that was going to be, when, it, when that happens, when he's hunting down these people in the forest, I was thinking, okay, well, this is going to be pretty quick then if he's going, he's like mowing through these guys. So I looked at the time. And it was only, I think I still had an hour and a half left. I was like, well, well wait a minute. Yeah, it was like 11, 12 minutes in. Yeah, well, hold on. How is this possible? <laughs> is he, How many people is this guy going to kill? And the answer is... 53. Everybody, yeah. Essentially, everyone <laughs> who shows up in the movie, he hurts in some way. Yep. His kill count is 53. That's impressive. Yep. That yeah, is I... a staggering amount of bodies. <laughs> yeah, and I saw on the IMDb that it's what uh, estimated 64. 64 total deaths. Yeah. Okay. Damn, man. That, yeah, that's a good body count for this movie. This might be the highest body count we've ever covered. Uh, yeah, probably, right? I'm, uh, we haven't really done any war movies. Nope. So that makes sense. Everything else is either like a cop or uh, like an espionage kind of movie. Yeah. Very low death count on they called this a movie. Yeah. And we haven't seen boobs in a long time either. It's a good point. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of the movies, unless you count Mannequin, right? Because you see Mannequin boobs, I think. <laughs> I don't but, think so. But they don't have nipples on them, so they don't really count, right? Right. I don't think we saw them either, because we'd have that answer of whether or not she was anatomically correct when she was a mannequin. I, just like other mannequins, I think. Oh. Like in the background, you see just like random mannequin boob. I would not call that. Uh, I wouldn't count that, no. Oh, well, maybe like a you know a eight-year-old, nine-year-old would. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, yeah, I, but so, I don't think there's any eight or nine year olds that are listening to this podcast. I thought that was our biggest demographic. It could be, but you, I don't get those, I don't get those stats on Podbean. <laughs> How old they are? <laughs> well, if if that is true, I think we failed as a podcast. I think this movie, as Anthony said, it's very back heavy. The beginning is, it's a slow burn at mm-hmm. first, 
and then it just kind of throws you in. Yeah, I think it is nice that this movie kicks off immediately. Like there are three minutes maybe before you know they pick up Danton and mm-hmm. you know kidnap him and yeah. send him out into the woods. But this movie, it it's only like an hour and a half. Could lose twenty minutes easily of him just murdering everybody. Yeah, yeah. This could be a seventy-minute movie, and it would be exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. It it, it gets repetitive after yeah. a little while because it's just him. Like we said, he's just hunting down guys, and he doesn't really do anything crazy. It's just you know he'll sneak up on a group and slash one guy's throat, and then he'll jump out of a tree. I I don't know how these guys don't see him in one mm. of the trees and you know he's not high up he's not camouflaged no. he's in like a medium-sized tree it's <laughs> they they are kind of purposely not looking for him it feels like at some points <laughs> right like they have no peripheral vision right it's it it, it kind of reminded me of have you guys ever played the uh the batman arkham series yeah where yeah. So after a while, you have to know that Batman is hanging from the gargoyles, mm-hmm. and they never look up. The, <laughs> the AI never looks up. Like, where could he have gone? Well, look up, idiot. That. <laughs> why wouldn't you do that, right? There, there's obviously nowhere else for him to hide. I just look up every now and then. You, by accident, you would look up at one point. Like, oh man, it's hot out. Oh, oh shit, there he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. These the people in this movie are like real life uh, AI characters with vision cones. Yeah. Yeah, and these are supposed to be mercenaries. The I wouldn't best, hire the these best. guys. Yeah, I wouldn't hire these guys to you know, like exterminate a rabbit in my backyard. Hogan's plan seems flawed. <laughs> he kind of, Hogan reminds me of uh, David Harbor a little bit. <laughs> okay. Right. He just he looks like he's in a better sh- he's a a in better shape David Harbor. Sure. Okay. So I know who you're gonna cast in the remake. Yeah, David Harbor. <laughs> or Hulk Hogan. Oh, there you go. Terry Crews. Not Terry Crews. Terry, uh... Bollea. Thank you, Terry Bollea. Although I would cast Terry Crews in almost anything. Yeah, he's, absolutely. He's, he's just a delight. Yeah. Put him in as Cooper. <laughs> but I don't want him to... Uh, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it. No spoilers right now. We'll get to it. Uh, speaking of which, we might as well get to the plot at this point. Uh, before we do, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from a friend of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Okay, so it's about time we get into the plot for Deadly Prey from 1987, episode 50. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we get uh, opening credit scene intercut with uh, prepping some weapons, a bunch of faceless <laughs> hands. Uh, then a team of mercenaries or soldiers chasing a guy through what appears to be a public park, complete with a paved walking path. Um, <laughs> the guy that they're chasing, are, his clothes are all torn up. Um, they're shooting at him and they're throwing grenades at him. Uh, again, this is one man versus an entire mercenary army, and they are resorting to throwing grenades at him. 
Um, <laughs> one of the mercenaries finds him, but he hits him with a rock and continues running. Eventually, he gets shot in the leg and has to stop. Uh, he begs for his life, and he is eventually blown away by the main mercenary with aviator sunglasses. And then, yeah. and then sunglasses uh, goes to the guy that was hit by the rock, and he kills him as well. This yeah. is a reoccurring theme in this movie, right? The the mercenaries kind of kill their own guys. Oh yeah, there's at least like five or six guys that they kill. Right. Very counterproductive. This, yeah. Just for being is, weak. This is a terrible mercenary group, like right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, it, it's you remember Die Hard two, mm-hmm. when the the colonel kills the one guy for no apparent reason mm-hmm. in the in the plane. It's it's just that over and over again, really. Yeah. It's like uh, there's one guy that's just like we're not hunting him, he's hunting us. They just blow away. Boom. Yeah. We don't need that in this group. Oh, okay. okay. Only, only positive vibes, guys. <laughs> I don't. There. Take no out of your dictionary. I don't want to hear it. All right. Sorry, Colonel. Haven't you guys read the secret? I gave it to you. <laughs> you have to visualize what you want. Right. Yeah. It's so essentially it's just like I, I I like it. But at the same time, it makes no sense because I, in in my villains, I do like to see that this guy's just he'll go to the ends of the earth of how crazy he is, and he mm-hmm. he's a wild card essentially, right? Yeah. But in terms of an actual movie, it makes zero sense. If you're being hunted, you don't let you don't thin your own ranks. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, you're and, just helping out your competition. Right. Yeah, and and also throughout this movie, we'll get to it as we go through the plot, but. They can't seem to settle on what type of person or villain that Hogan actually is. Sort of. You know. Because right? yeah. at one point he seems like a sadistic killer, but then it's like, I'm just doing my job. You know, like, I, this is what I'm paid for. I, I get hired. Yeah, I'm to just do doing this. it for the money. You know how much money there is in this? Right. You know, so is you're he. Like, okay. And then he makes some choices that makes him nothing but an evil human being. Yeah, yeah, he yes. he definitely dives off the deep end. Yeah, it seems, end. it seems like three different writings of a script, you know, sort of. his character. Yeah, he's yeah. all over the place, essentially. But he's nuts, which is, I guess, always fun. But then, yeah, at the end, it's just a little too far. Yep, it's like, oh, he stepped over that line. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about Colonel Hogan. He's at the camp. And he's the commander of the mercenaries. He's addressing some new recruits, including one Jack Cooper, who's in it for the fun. Um, And um, for anybody who watches this movie, they will agree with me. Cooper turns out to be the most level-headed person in this entire film. (laughs) He's the one that has the best instincts, can read the situation, um, and just at any point I was expecting him to change sides multiple times just like a double agent like triple quadruple agent just whenever the wind blew he was just like hey you know what now it's maybe time to me go on the other side yeah like a typical mercenary (laughs) yep yeah he was the he was the best um he never got to this point but of the characters he was probably the most um like realistically written like a guy in that situation like that's how we react he's sort of like okay um yeah, so it looks like you're kicking everyone's ass. <laughs> my my problem with him and most of the other mercenaries is their hairstyles. None of them have a mercenary hairstyle. Everyone's got the same haircut. Right, they'll they have like a, a like a half fro almost. 
it's i mean what's his name obviously has the long flowing blonde hair dan has the long flowing blonde hair but his buddy he's got like a almost a fro going on yeah but i mean nope. there's, there's no mercenaries there's sometimes when danton fight fights guys that has same haircut it's hard to tell who's who yeah it, well i mean these guys are just cannon fodder really yeah uh i have a feeling they uh <laughs> reused um some mercenaries a couple times probably you know um yeah I'm sure they had like nine guys show up for shooting one day, and they're like, "All right, uh, okay, you're dead now. Get to the back of the line." I would be shocked if this movie wasn't shot in like two days. Uh, it's probably like a week, um, <laughs> but not more than that. Yeah, because um, you can you can tell they didn't shoot long or have much money to shoot much because um, they decided to shoot a lot of the scenes in the daytime when this guy's yeah you know supposed to be sneaking around killing people. And it's like broad daylight. Yeah. And, and the public park, they their permits were from yeah, nine to six. six. <laughs> and they didn't shoot um, sync sound. They did that all in post. Yes. Um, There's a so, couple great moments of that that'll come up during the amazing final half hour. Yeah. Um, so uh, Cooper joins uh, the team and Hogan kind of gives them the what what of what his uh, operation is. His training is for real because he doesn't believe in war games. So he sends out sunglasses and a whole bunch of other mercenaries to find a runner. <laughs> uh, I love call them sunglasses. That's great. <laughs> uh, sunglasses and the rest of the mercenaries uh, drive to the California suburbs uh, to the house of Mike Danton, who lives with his wife, Jamie, and they have a playful relationship. Uh, he seems to be a bit of an idiot, um, but she loves him regardless, and she tells him to go take out the trash, takes out the trash, and immediately gets abducted by guys in panel van. Does not really put up much of a fight for a guy that will eventually kill 53 people in this movie. <laughs> it's, it's the be- <laughs> this is probably the best abduction scene in all of film history. <laughs> he goes out, he's got, where he's wearing like a, uh, he's got the sh- yeah, the sweatshirt, the shortest shorts you can possibly imagine. Just like any shorter, and it's just like this is an X17 rating, or yeah. was it R17? NC17. N- yeah, NC17. And free ball on it. Oh, balls yeah. hanging out the side of his shorts. Uh, I don't know how they contained it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is. And then they, they, they pull the whole, like, hey, man, listen, I my, my buddy got turned around. Can you help? And then they just beat the shit out of him yeah. and put him in. <laughs> One guy just sneaks around the other side of the van, just hits him with the blackjack, and just like assists him into the van like it's like he's not even knocked out he they just kind of open it and then just kind of like stick his head down like push his head Roll down slightly and, and he gets in the best the absolute best part of this abduction scene is the wife just <laughs> just kind of looking out mild mildly concerned like oh no what what happened to mike mike yeah. uh, I, does he know those guys <laughs> Maybe he knows them. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I feel like. Oh, that's it, it's like that uh, that scene in airplane. Like he never takes his coffee black. It's, <laughs> he never he never throws up at home. It's just like oh, he doesn't get into vans usually. <laughs> uh, back at camp, uh, Michelson, who's the money man, shows up at the mercenary camp. Uh, he's growing impatient with Hogan's operation. He tells him if he wants this plan to go forward, he's got to be ready in one month. And Hogan says that's impossible, and he says we're well, gonna make it possible. Yeah, uh, I don't know how this guy wasn't Russian. I, 
in my opinion, he sounded like the uh, uh, the like the old IMB computers with the like the speak and spell. <laughs> you will have this ready in one month. <laughs> Very yeah. robotic sounding. Yeah, he, he he reminded me of a lot of uh, I've seen villain money guys in movies in this decade, and I'm just gonna play what I think that sounds like. But I've also not been in front of the camera much. Uh, that, was, that, that was what the line read felt right. like. He might have been a working actor for a while, but the way he read that line was like, okay, um, this mm-hmm. is how I'm going to read it. This uh, Michelson was played by Troy Donahue, who's okay. a veteran actor in such films as A Summer Place, Cry Baby, and The Godfather Part II. Hmm. Wow. Uh, had a lot of television throughout the years. I, yeah. He seems like a, a Western guy. He was in a lot of Western series. He, he looks like he would be a Western guy for some reason. I don't know why, but he just he definitely has that look about him. He was in 47 episodes of Surfside 6. Okay. Never <laughs> heard of that, but continue. Yeah. And uh, a bunch of other stuff. A lot of, a lot of lower, uh, unknown kind of movies through the 80s yeah. as well, he got I, older. I wouldn't have known any of that by his performance in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Danton is taken to the, the, um, the camp sunglasses, strips him down to a pair of short shorts and tells him to run. Uh, Danton goes running and tells him that he's going to tell sunglasses that he's going to die. He goes running and the mercenaries go hunting. Uh, the next hour or so is Danton just killing a ton of mercenaries. Um, I have a list of his, all his kills. I'm going to get to later once we get through the plot, uh, real quick. Yep. The guy at the beginning who they're hunting is fully clothed, right? Yep. It's just like some schlub. Yeah. Why did they strip this guy? I think they just wanted to see see those abs. But he's because yeah, he's they, a beefcake, right? It's yeah. just like, yeah. all right, well, this guy, it would be a crime not to have him shirtless mm-hmm. running through the woods all sweaty. Yeah. The other guy was just like, oh, we don't, no one wants to see this. Yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of fucked up if you think about it. <laughs> this this movie promotes body shaming. Sure. I mean, <laughs> sure. Among amongst other things. Yeah, I mean, low on murder. <laughs> but in today's culture, that would be the top. Like, oh, the the uh, yeah, no, know, no, no. There's something that comes much later that would be the top of the list. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. So so what we're saying is body shaming, close second. Yeah. Close second. Close. Okay. Uh, so Danton winds up killing a few people and then gets away. Uh, mercenary loses, the mercenary loses his weapons and he comes and tells Hogan and then Hogan tells sunglasses to kill him and he sunglasses kicks him in the face and snaps his neck. Uh, Jamie, meanwhile, calls her dad for help. And then her dad played by Cameron Mitchell shows up. Uh, he's a former police detective and uh, Cameron Mitchell is another uh, veteran actor. He's kind of like the real-life Rick Dalton from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He is. Uh, he had a career as a cowboy guy, uh, was in a series called The High Carporal, and uh, never really made much of it after that. Uh, just kind of bounced around as he got older. I think he had developed a bit of a drinking problem and wound up uh, in these uh, shitty movies where he'd show up for one or two scenes doing very little work, but getting paid for the day. Um, so he uh, he talks to his, his, his daughter, Jamie, who is able to give him a partial license plate number, and he says he's going to try and take care of it. And then he leaves. 
Um, and then this was one of the scenes where you could have shaved out and saved some time. I think. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Mitchell's scene is a part does not really have any impact on the plot other than he does wind up killing Michelson. Um, although, uh, that really doesn't have any bearing on the plot either. Right. Yeah. I think Michelson really has no bearing on the plot at all. Right. No. It, it doesn't come into factor. He just kind of bitches and moans at Hogan a couple of times and yep. that's it. And he yeah. falls for the old, old guy in the middle of the road trick. Uh, Nope, that's why I never stop for any old people in the middle of the road. Yeah. Just yeah. in case it's uh, Cameron Mitchell or the ghost Cameron. of Cameron Mitchell. Because <laughs> yep. I'm out of the car and bam, he pops up with a rifle. It point blank, too. <laughs> it, yeah. I, if I could take a, uh, a quote from uh, the Hound from uh, Game of Thrones, it's uh, Michelson is shit at dying. <laughs> because it's just like he, he gets shot and he's like, Ugh, and then just kind of slumps against the car. <laughs> and he's dead. Yeah, and I. I... I don't know if I missed it um, earlier when you were going through, but when uh, Hogan finds out that it's Danton, I think my favorite line is when Sunglasses says, he goes, Danton, and Sunglasses goes, that's what was on the mailbox. Yeah, that's coming up. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but first, Hogan, um, as the, the games are going on, he just he's getting a little horned up, probably from seeing uh, the abs of, of Danton. So he, him and his woman are uh, about to just fuck right there in the camp. And then one of the mercenaries comes, barges in, and tell him that they're all being killed. So when I'm Hogan surprised out, he didn't kill the guy for interrupting his bone session. Right? Yeah. That guy was probably, like, ready, he's ready to just put one in the back of his head. Yeah. Uh, like, that, should be number, that should be one of the rules, right, for this mercenary group. Right. No cock blocking your fellow, like, especially a higher officer. Yeah, absolutely. He's ready to get it in with Sybil. Uh, yeah, he was, and she's a bitch. <laughs> I yeah, hated that woman. Things so personally. Yeah, she's so mean for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. That that is one thing. It's like everybody else is kind of like, oh well, this is our job, and it's it's our mission to kill you. She is mad. Yeah, she's mad that he's not dying. Is essentially. Yeah, it's it's like a slight <laughs> on her that Danton won't die. Yeah, and. <laughs> I don't. Again, she's just kind of there. She's she's almost like Michelson in a way, yeah. where she serves no purpose other than like she's Hogan's love, uh, you know, love connection, I guess. Yeah. So, but she's just she's mean. Everyone else is just everyone's a psycho, but she's mean. Yeah. And and I don't like that. Yeah. There's no room in this movie for meanness. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> for for killer for killer mercenaries and guys and sunglasses throughout the whole movie that's fine i could deal with that but if you're just a jerk for no reason shame on you yeah um so hogan goes out to the field to try and try to see what's going on he realizes that it's probably danton and he reveals that he is the one that trained danton um then danton kills some more guys uh, he stumbles upon cooper recognize a cooper they're from their time in nam um he knocks out cooper and tells him you know, find find another war. I think his exact line was. Yeah. Um, at or this just, point, just Danton is, or not Danton. Uh, Cooper saying like the money's good, right? Yeah. And he and he just knocks him out with one punch and tells him to go find it. I hate when action stars do this. They knock you out, then they say the line. <laughs> say the line first. I granted it's for the audience. I understand that, but pretend like 
there is no audience, right? I mean, this is supposed to be real life, it, sure. right? I don't knock people out. In general, I don't knock people out. But I wouldn't say something and I wouldn't hit them and then say something. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure they hear my witty one-liner and then like before they go out, they're like, oh, shit, that was awesome. And then they're they're knocked out. Yeah. Uh, so it starts to get dark. Everyone starts to make camp for night. Um, Danton dislocates his shoulder at some point and has to reset it with a rock. Um, and then after that, he decides to eat some worms and some rats. I think they were real. Yeah. He did. He actually ate um, at least the worms, but I think on the trivia, he al- they also mentioned that the rat, too. Does he eat the rat? I think he does. Yeah. What a weird thing to do. Ted right? Pryor, man, he's a method actor. I guess. <laughs> I was just... Yeah, I, he probably lived in the woods for a week, too. The, the one thing that I, I found pretty funny was... They make it sound. They make it seem like he's starving. He's been out for like eight hours. Right. He was only there for a few hours. Like this is like he could die at any second from starvation. And I'm like no, dude, you were there for like half a day, not even. Yeah. <laughs> I. He's definitely not out there long enough to like for Facilitate a normal person that. to resort to eating worms and rats. No, not nearly enough. I guess the idea is that you know he in in Nam he was. He, it probably was like uh, a thing that he did all the time, right? Because I think in Ram- in First Blood, he Rambo kills a rat and eats it. Yeah, and which makes a little more sense because he's in a mine, so he has no other way to get any food. Yeah, but he, like, he's just kind of like he's in the middle of the woods or whatever. It's and he hasn't been out there all that long. I don't. I just I didn't get it essentially. <laughs> yeah, if. I guess we're meant to assume that he's done this before. A normal person would probably wait a little bit longer. It's like, yeah. man, I really have to eat now. Right. Yeah. And he and he makes a fire, which is 100% the wrong thing to do yep. with a group looking for you, I'd imagine. They'd be able mm-hmm. to see that. But, hey, listen, it, it, he gets the job done. Yep. Meanwhile, Hogan and the mercenaries set their own camp, and Hogan tells Sybil, talks about Danton and how he's the perfect killing machine. Uh, and then he talks a little bit more about how he personally got kicked out of the army because of his his methods, uh, and he wishes he had a thousand guys just like Danton. Then she goes off, and then Danton sneaks up on Hogan, tells him to pull his men out or he's going to kill him. Uh, and that's the end of that scene. He goes off, and it is morning. Yeah, and it's the, couple- the first time they actually shoot at night where it makes sense for him to be able to pop out of nowhere on these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would you would think he would pull like a Hunger Game kind of uh, move, right? When uh, you just you hide out and wait for the cover of darkness. Sure. And then now you have the upper hand. Like these guys, maybe they know the area, but you're the perfect killing machine. You would you would hunt by night, the, right? Mm-hmm. Most yeah. like most uh, big cats don't they hunt at night? Yeah. Yeah. There I you mean, go, man. I mean, cats have like night vision. Exactly. But I, but I'm Dan saying, does. That, <laughs> but he's a he's an apex predator, right? He might, he might. Be. We haven't seen deadly as prey or whatever. That's true. Uh, but I, I stand by it. It would make more sense to hunt at night. Yeah. So then, uh, Danton falls asleep apparently in the middle of a wide open clearing, um, when two hunters happen upon him and tell him to get. Yeah. <laughs> what are so these they, guys doing there? They are. They are literally labeled on IMDb as hillbilly. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to use a slur, yeah. so I said they were hunters. Like, 
they, you do you, Mark. Is Hillbilly a slur? Just kiss that SNL writing job. Goodbye, Mark. <laughs> oh, I, I think... was more of a mad TV guy anyway. Uh, nice. Yeah, there you See, go. that should have been your opening, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't present him with it. No one presented him with that. I'm a lot well, better on the uh, rebound than trying to come up with these we things. We could pause right here. We could do the opening, and then we could just cut edit. <laughs> well, I was going to say just uh, control X, and then uh, <laughs> control C, control X. There you go. I think uh, I, I make Stranger Damey sound so good. I just edit around all my good parts and try and... Right, so, so essentially with this guy, he's the perfect killing machine, but he makes a lot of mistakes. And he gets his ass kicked. Several times. Yeah. But, uh, but that's more believable because he's taken on like two, three time, two, three guys at a time mm. at, at some points. So I understand that. But like sleeping in a clearing, setting a fire... All of that stuff, and and then go you, you corner the colonel or the uh, what is he, is he a general? Uh, I think it's, it's a colonel. Colonel, yeah, you colonel you, you colonel the corner, you corner <laughs> the colonel, and you let him live. This this guy makes a lot of mistakes throughout this movie. Yeah, I think at that point he doesn't want to kill any more people, so that's why he tells the colonel because the colonel's the only one that's gonna be able to make them stand down. If he kills the colonel at that point, the mercenary is probably still gonna try and kill him. And he has to kill them all in that at that point. So he's so, he's given the colonel an out at that point. So again, it's it's almost like Rambo, right? When he he uh, corners Ryan uh, Brian Dennehy. Yep. So he's like, don't push it. I'll give you a war you wouldn't believe, and that's his out. Yep. Right. And like I'm giving you this one chance to leave. Leave me alone, or I'm going to send you all all home in body bags. Yep. Okay. So I, that makes a little more sense. But everything else, again, I'm not a hunter. I'm not. I've never been to Vietnam. <laughs> so I don't know how that works. So maybe this is the right way to to go about uh, surviving in the jungle. I don't know, but to me it just seems off. Uh, jungle or a uh, public park in California. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess then that brings us to the the hillbillies or the hunters. Hunters. The hunters ant. Yeah, the the hunters with that thick uh, southern accent in go California. On, get. What you what you doing here, boy? It's uh, slickers. <laughs> slickers, yeah, because there's so many of them in California. Uh, what are they doing there? I guess they're hunting rats, maybe. I don't know. I don't are know what they're hunting. Worms? Because <laughs> we never see uh, at wildlife at all. <laughs> my cans, my precious antique cans. Uh, so the mercenaries happen upon the hunters, and they're like, wait, which way did he go? Like, I don't know. They shoot that guy. Oh, they shoot him. <laughs> they blow a hole right through his chest. And then the other guy's like, he went that way. And then they Yo, shoot well. him too. Uh, was that uh, was that Hogan or sunglasses? Uh, I think it was Hogan. Uh, I think it's so too. Yeah. So now now we see him kind of he's tipping the scales towards crazy at this point, right? Before yeah. he was just kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. And now he's getting he's getting angry. He needs Danton dead. Yeah. He resorts uh, to shooting locals to get the him next. Gun. Yeah, the next scene, the mercenaries catch up to Danton, and Danton and Sunglasses fight, and Sunglasses kicks the shit out of Danton. Danton doesn't land a, land a single blow. Sunglasses uh, lands every blow. Yeah, uh, he, he puts him in his place. It's pretty yeah. awesome. And he's about to yeah. kill him, and then Hogan stops him, and he's like, "We, I want him alive. Um, so they bring him back to camp. Silva smacks him around a little bit, and Hogan talks to Danton about how he wants him to join him. Um and he kind of reveals his whole plan is just to create an army that is better than the U.S. Army so that they basically sell 
his mercenaries to the government. He's way off if that's the plan. Yeah. yeah. Any dictator uh, throughout got... the world. Well, I mean, his mercenary group is losing to one guy. Can you imagine lose like them going up against an actual army? Yeah. They'd last this... two seconds. The resume of that mercenary group is not is not very long and not very impressive. No. <laughs> and I think that's what kind of it, it again, I know this is all supposed to be showing how Danton is a badass, but if these if these are real mercenaries, don't you think they would put up some type of a fight? These guys don't really do too much damage to to Danton for the most part. No. They get a couple shots in, but you know, for the most part he he leaves unscathed. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, even Cameron Mitchell gets a uh, gets a few licks in. Shows yeah. up with a rifle, sneaks up onto, and this is the next scene. Sneaks up onto the camp and beats up one of the mercenaries. Yeah, uh, it's pretty. They're pretty shitty. Yeah, they're just a bunch of red shirts. Um, Michael <laughs> right. Michaelson shows up again and says Hogan has gone too far. He wants to put an end to the whole operation. And Hogan says no. He's he's going to kill Danton and everything will be back on track. Uh, this time, Dan has been tied to a chair, and Sybil is kind of taunting him a little bit, throwing water at him, and he calls her a bitch, and <laughs> breaks the ties, and knocks her out. Just, you know, she was she was being a jerk, throwing water on my guy? Come on. You're yeah. taking it too far, Sybil. <laughs> so he kills some more mercenaries on the way out. Uh, Hogan sends more mercenaries out to kill him once and for all, even with tanks. Uh and he's I think able they have to, a helicopter too, right? A helicopter and a tank, and several tanks, uh, which then leads to a forest chase. Um, so one guy gets the drop on Danton, and Cooper saves him. Uh, sell, tells him the other, uh, he tells the other mercenaries that Danton's gone uh, to let Danton get away. At this point, this is where Cameron Mitchell lies in the, down in the middle of the road, and Michelson stops, and Mitchell shoots him. Uh, Jamie gets kidnapped. <laughs> And Hogan rapes her just to get back at Dan. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big power move right there. Yeah. It's but the progression is there, I guess, right? Like he's is it? <laughs> well, he he just killed two two townies essentially, right? I mean, this guy's unhinged. You're sa- okay. I see what you're saying. All right. So he he goes from being just you know your run of the mill uh, mercenary leader. Right, who's yeah. power hungry to killing civilians to that i suppose is that a natural progression i don't i don't know i'm not a i'm not a nut job yeah but i, uh, I see why yeah it is a completely unnecessary moment um and right. it's like, like the motivation is just like i'm mad at him because he's not dying so i'm gonna rape you so, so wouldn't it be just enough to have her captive you would think, right? Right. Yeah. Like, so, like, what's going on with Sybil? Is she? And I think she's okay with it. I guess she, so. Right? She doesn't know. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to put up a fight about it. Yeah. They have an open relationship when it comes to him raping uh, people that they've kidnapped. Fair yeah. enough. And, and it and it also leads to the probably worst delivered line in the movie when they bring the dad into the tent. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um. What's Cameron the Mitchell gets caught. Um, and he shows up and he sees that his daughter's there. As Mark mentioned, she lets, he's like, have they hurt you? And, and she he, goes, daddy, he raped me. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Cameron Mitchell tries to strangle Hogan. 
Instead, he gets stabbed by some of the mercenaries, and he dies. Um, at this point, Danton uh, winds up getting home, sees that uh, Jamie is not there, but Sybil is waiting for him. And she tells him that uh, Hogan wants to talk to him. So she hands the phone to him. They set up a time to meet in exchange for Jamie's life. And Hogan's like, Sybil will take you there. Hang up the phone. And then he's like, uh, he kills Sybil, smacks yeah. her in the face, knocks her out, and then shoots her. Puts like three bolts <laughs> right through her chest. And I think yeah. he calls her a bitch again. Yeah. He, <laughs> for good measure. Yeah. He just he just couldn't do it while she was able to look him in the eyes. Yep. He had to knock <laughs> her out first and then murder her. Oh, that's right. I forgot that he... Knocks her out, then shoots her. Yep. It's that's essentially the same thing as knocking someone out and delivering a one-liner. <laughs> Except this one line is just a gunshot. I guess it, it is. It is pretty cowardly. <laughs> you're right. You're not. What are you doing? I've. I don't think I've ever seen that happen. I'm gonna knock you out first, then kill you. Yeah. Usually, you just you kill them. You want them to see. Right. You want them. You want them to to know they're dying. Uh, so after he kills Sybil, he starts to get his weapons ready, and a, he's going to war. It's a very John Wick scene. Yeah. John so Wick mixed with Home Alone. To sort of open up the parts of the house, and there are just guns and grenades guns, everywhere. Cartoon-looking dynamite and a machete. Yeah. Does the machete get any use? Yes. Oh, it does. It does? I don't remember. You Very that? importantly. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> that's right. Yes, I do remember now. That's a good part of the movie. That's the best part it's of the, the movie. the best part of the movie. It might be the best <laughs> thing that I've ever seen in film. It's not. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's good, but I, I have a different favorite part. It's, it's one of the best. Uh, but anyway, um, so where am I? In my notes. Uh, so... He starts setting up some booby traps in the forest, and Cooper shows up and tells Danton that he wants to join him. Basically, he says, you're going to kill all those guys anyway, and I like being on the winning side. It's yeah. healthier. So they sneak back into camp. They kill some dudes. Um, they come to rescue Jamie. Uh, Cooper, Danton, and Jamie go running into the woods. Doesn't Danton stick a grenade down some dude's pants? Oh, yes, they do. Yes. I'm going to go through... Dick off. I'm gonna I go had... through all of death scene, yeah. all of uh, Danton's kills late after we're done. There uh, was one moment where we mentioned the sound was put in later, mm-hmm. where it's completely silent when he comes down the tank to kill that one dude that's oh, yeah. facing next to the tank. Like he would obviously be making noise hitting the yeah. side of that tank as he's coming down, but it's like eerily silent. But yes, he does stick a grenade down the dude's pants and blows him up, leaving only his boots. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it's very cartoonish, but that's what I would want to see in that yeah. scenario. Uh, so they go running into the woods, and the mercenaries go hunting after them. Uh, Cooper shoots some guys. Danton shoots some guys. Uh, sunglasses finds Jamie, who's been hiding out. Um, Hogan threatens to kill her. Cooper shoots Hogan and tries to save her, but Sunglasses shoots Cooper. Then. Sunglasses shoots Jamie right That's in the my chest. favorite part. <laughs> That's my favorite part because you never see that happen. Yeah. Right? You never see the main character's uh, love interest die in a movie, especially yep. that way. Yeah, it's pretty brutal and pretty uh, unforgiving. Just boom, right there. Yep. It was awesome. <laughs> I, then. I'm not, I'm, I'm not like advocating violence in that way, but it's just. 
again, I'm, I'm, I've never seen it happen that way. So I was like, holy shit, that's great. They really, they like crank it to 11. At, this is, this, this is the part where like this movie, um, kind of, uh, makes sense for existing. Yes. Like from at this point to the end. Yeah. Uh, this may, the, the last, it justifies and it's Yeah. The last 10 minutes makes this review worthwhile. Yeah. I feel like we really should have just focused on the last 10 minutes this entire (laughs) podcast, really. Yeah. Uh, So, as we said, sunglasses shoots Jamie. Danton sees this and goes nuts. He takes out his machete and starts running after sunglasses. Sunglasses gets off three or four shots that somehow miss. And Danton does the the thing that I think is the greatest thing that's ever happened in a movie. (laughs) He chops off sunglasses arm. And then beats him beats to him death with his own no. fucking arm. That is pretty metal. That's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Rambo could have used that in that movie in yeah. uh, First Blood. That would have been pretty badass. Such yeah. a tonal shift. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because up until that point, everything is sort of believable. Where yeah. you know Denton is hiding out. He's using the environment around him to survive. And he's picking off the the uh, mercenaries in a realistic sort of way. You know, he'll sneak up on one, grab them, or he'll set traps. This is just overkill now. It's yeah. what's the best way that we can kill someone? Throw I, it in there. I thought the most ridiculous, greatest way I saw someone die in one of these stupid action movies was in uh, Rambo. You know, mm. the one the one before this one that's coming out, right. where he turns to fifty caliber. Uh gun on a guy three feet away from him and liquefies his head just just blows that's a good one yeah that was a holy shit moment out loud while watching it right and i was like nothing can top this and needless to say something happened at least 20 years before that that absolutely topped that moment i I was just like how what are the odds that a movie like this does it better than one of the most violent movies yeah that has ever come out really you know, because the Rambo movies are obviously based on violence. Yeah. And it's even, like, better than some RoboCop kills. RoboCop is one of the, you know, one of the most violent movies ever. Yep. Where that guy gets liquefied. That turns into, yeah. Yeah, he turns into the, the, the mutant. Yeah. And then, right, he gets run over. That's a pretty gory one. But, yeah, just some, there's something satisfying about killing a man with his with own his appendage. Own right? Yep. It's, it's very video game-esque. I, I think Mortal Kombat has it where you rip a guy's uh, leg off and beat him to death with his leg. So I wonder uh, if Ed Boon took it from Deadly Prey. He <laughs> has been known to take things from movies before. I'm going to ask him. We're going to tweet at Ed Boon. Hey, did you get inspiration from Deadly Prey for this fatality? <laughs> Maybe he'll uh, answer. Yeah, and then for good measure, after he beats Sunglasses to death with his own arm, he scalps him. Yeah. Uh, and he throws the scalp at Hogan. So then he finds Hogan, throws the scalp at him, and then he tells him to strip. <laughs> tells him to take off his shirt, take off his shoes, and run. And we get and a pretty runs. awesome... Uh, what uh, What is it called? We get a pretty awesome uh, freeze, freeze frame. frame ending. Yeah. Freeze yep. frame ending, which I think it might be one of my, my favorites. No, <laughs> not, it's not better than Killzone. Uh, I think it might be. Really? This yeah. is good, but... They're, there are two freeze frame endings we've covered that I think are better than Killing Zone, and this is one of them. I, there's just something great about the Killing Zone when they were around the table drinking beers, and, <laughs> and, <you're> like, <laughs> and then 
It's just... There is something wildly inappropriate about the Killing Zone ending because right, they're I... just celebrating the death of people. Right. That's what I'm saying. Again, you're talking about a tonal shift. That's yeah. a pretty big tonal shift. It's like the end. It's, it feels like the end of a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just drop the punchline and they're all like, oh. Right. And we Joey didn't said, just How survive. You right. We didn't just survive seeing our friends brutally murdered. Brutally murdered. Ah. You know. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Roll credits. Boom, 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 boom. Right. <laughs> Right, yeah, you got the Seinfeld, uh, <laughs> Seinfeld ending, but Seinfeld always ended with a freeze frame, actually. Yeah, yeah. it did. Yeah, it's uh, w- w- one of my favorite ones was the uh, Elaine versus George's father. They're no. saying, "You want <laughs> you a want piece to... of me? I want the whole thing." And then they <laughs> run at each other. That's a great freeze frame. So I think Killing Zone is still number one in freeze frame uh, Hall of Fame for me. And then this is a pretty excellent freeze frame. I'd put Halloween Three: Season of the Witch up there. That's I forgot all about that. What's the what's the freeze frame on that one? Right on the the mug of uh, oh, Tom that's Atkins. Right. Turn it off. Turn Stop it off. It! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stare right into the camera. I think you I think your love of uh Tom Atkins kind of uh Oh, absolutely. O- overshadows <laughs> your judgment. Yeah. And then this movie ends with a very like tonally different song, too. Yes. <laughs> it's very uh, like soft spoken, right? It's very yeah. Like, it's it's very uh, sentimental and uh, introspective. Right. Yeah. So essentially, I, he he tells Hogan to run, and then he yells at the camera. He's like this, he screams up into the sky. This guttural rage. Like he's go, he's about to take out all of his pent up anger and frustration on Hogan's ass. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, then you get the the soft do 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 da 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 da. The song just... is called "Never Say Die," recorded okay. by Steve Kempster. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's a very odd ending, and I I don't care for it so much. But the the freeze frame is great, and the the last few moments are phenomenal, just in terms of action. Um yeah, uh, it was also written by Steve McClintock. I was looking through his. Uh... He's got a bunch of songs, but none that I would know. He has so, a lot of ri- songs written for Jetsons the movie. Oh, okay. Makes sense. I could definitely see the comparisons there. Yeah. So what was the other movie that we watched? The um, uh, It was like the Neighborhood Watch movie. The oh, Mission Arts. of Justice. Mission of Justice. So I feel like we've we stumbled upon two pretty good uh, gems here. Yeah. In Mission of Justice, because the action in that movie is pretty badass. Yeah. And and you got the chainsaw in that one. You got the machete in this one. So we have, we have some pretty good deaths in the mm-hmm. last two like action movies we've watched. Yeah. So we're on a roll right now. Yeah. No, I I I thought Mission I, Mission of Justice might be up there for me and one of my favorite movies that we've done. Yeah. And and even uh, Citizen uh, Law Abiding Citizen has some pretty good deaths. Yeah. So we're we've kind of picked we we've been on a roll with picking some good death scenes at least. Sure. Yeah. When we uh when we when we stray from those, that's when you hate your life. I guess there is a little bit of a pattern because <laughs> then to, to me, I can I can handle shitty action movies more so than shitty comedies. Yeah. Because I, you, like our namesake, the main Damie, comes from. Uh, Pootie Tang, right. and I don't like that movie. I don't. I don't get it. 
and you guys love it. That's and right. then obviously Mannequin Two. I, I'm gonna keep harping on Mannequin Two, by the way. That's like, <laughs> I I don't understand what's wrong with you guys. I, I've known you both for quite a while, and that like offends me that you like that movie so much. <laughs> this movie is I these movies I understand. Uh, Mission of Justice, Deadly Prey. Uh, what? <laughs> What other movies have we watched that you you really like? Killing Zone. Killing that that I understand. Uh, did we did we like Sorceress? Uh, Sorceress was a good one. Did <laughs> did we like the Anna Nicole Smith movie? Not really, right? That was a pretty shitty one. I think we were kind of like plus or minus on that. Like okay. that's, that's only where we got introduced to Dar- Darren McBee. Yeah. Right. We like Darren McBee in it, and we like how shitty that movie is, but. We didn't love it. So I guess what I'm getting at is like I can handle these movies, but the the comedies and the uh, well we we haven't really done any dramas really. No, Serenity uh, might be the closest thing. Yeah, yeah. I think we should probably try to focus more on those if we can, because we I don't want to get painted into a corner where it's either comedy or obviously Halloween. We have all the horror movies, but mm-hmm. regardless, this this movie. I give it a pass. Although it's, Funland turned out to be a drama. Sort of, yeah. yeah. It, we were definitely mistaken with what we thought it was going to be. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that, that was more like uh, what, tax law. <laughs> yep. It was more informational than anything. <laughs> uh, so what would you do to make this movie better? Uh, I would make it so that the Colonel and Danton don't know each other. I like the idea of just Danton being a badass pulled off the street and then the colonel figuring out like, oh, man, we we fucked up. You know, okay. it's uh, this guy is for whatever reason, he's a Green Beret or a whatever. Uh, I definitely take out the rape scene. Mm-hmm. I, I get rid of that. I get rid of Sybil. Uh, I get rid of the father in law and I get rid of uh, what's his name? Michelson. Mm hmm. Yeah, I get rid of that guy. So it, I just have it as a survival. Like maybe, I, I don't know, I wouldn't go like horror survival, obviously, but I would just make it strictly survival. Uh, he's not killing everyone. I, I think the fewer deaths probably make it a little easier to uh, to have some variety. Because, again, it gets repetitive after a while, I think. All right, so if you, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to kill like maybe five people, but keep it to a manageable number where he sets the awesome traps and it's not just mm-hmm. one after the other. Like, all right, he picks off another guy doing this. He right. picks off another guy doing that. Like maybe, maybe the, the elements become a thing. Sure. Yeah. I, I would like to see some night hunting, which I think would be fun. You know, like the guys they're, they're hunkered down in the woods. Maybe I think they make a, a note where, you know, he keeps leading us out into the woods. We should go back. I, I like the idea of him He's in this unknown area, and the mercenaries are used to it, but they kind of feel as if they're strangers in their own territory now. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the the hunters become the hunted, and he just has them right where he wants them, and they're they're terrified of the night, and he's doing all this shit at night. You know, he's just creating diversions or whatever. Uh, I keep the machete part for sure, uh, and I'd I'd like to see him kill Hogan. Okay. Like a one-on-one showdown with Hogan. Okay. Yeah, so I agree with most of what Dan said um, there. The one thing... Uh, you keep the rape scene, I'm, I'm assuming, right, Mark? Because that's just who you are. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's that not. Is... <laughs> I will answer for him. <laughs> I was going to say, let, 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 that yeah. was a very awkward pause. <laughs> just shaking my yeah. head. 
Um, just, that doesn't come just, come across. You really in don't audio, want that SNL yeah. job. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm helping Mark out on that end. Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, shaking my head in disgust doesn't come across well in an audio format. Yeah, I was gonna no. say you have to remember this is an <laughs> audio podcast, Mark. <laughs> um. So yes, I um would keep Michelson just for the uh reason that uh, piggybacking off your thing where they don't know each other. You know, Hogan and Dal- and Danton mm-hmm. have him like come in and like drop like a dossier and go, you know, do you know who you kidnapped? You know, maybe oh, have okay. him connected to Michelson. That'd be an know, interesting take on it. You know, taking like, you know, that like sort of put it that way to make Michelson at least more involved in the movie. Okay. Um, I would not have um, Cooper actually know him, just have Dan be like a legend. Hmm. You know, where the uh, the line where he says, you saved me in Vietnam, you know, just have him go, oh, man, you know, I heard stories about you from Nam, you know, sort of sort of things like that. Make him more of this ep- uh, mythic figure. So he's um, almost like Keanu Reeves in the bo- as the boogeyman. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort oh, of yeah. that. Where it's, oh, man, um, like that. And two things you touched on one of them. Um, I would like to have seen rain. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, some kind of different, you know, elemental effect or something um, okay. involved with it. And two, a second location. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, exactly. Yeah. You read my mind. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, more like maybe a, um, an actual, like, um, maybe cave if you want to keep it in the non-civilian part. Or maybe, maybe do what, I remember first book correctly, you know, have have him eventually end up in the town uh, he know, starts out in the town and escapes yeah yeah he's yeah. in the jail cell yeah so you know have it be something like that like that's where it ends and that's how hogan gets arrested you know sort of mm. thing instead of killing hogan okay you know is that he lures him into getting caught more than killing a whole bunch of people um but yeah definitely yeah the, the two things are definitely uh, a nice rain little sequence would have been nice, and I would have just eliminated basically the whole the whole Danton's family thing completely. Yeah, like get no the, Jamie, get rid of the wife. no father, yeah, nothing. Like they just you know pick this guy off on the street, you know. Right. You know, I don't know exactly how you get to that point without that whole taking out the trash and getting kidnapped sequence. Um, maybe you focus and start with Danton. And just see him get kidnapped, and then you're introduced to Hogan instead of the other way around, okay. you know, sort of thing. But yeah, I would just cut about 20 minutes out of it and just take that energy of the last five minutes and put it all through the other 70 minutes of this movie. You spread uh, it evenly. Just spread it evenly. Maybe okay. even like you, the first guy gets beaten to death with his own arm, and then where do you go from there? And then just make keep going. I don't Damn. think you need. I don't think you need the the body count as much as you have um, here. Oh, and I, that is one thing I never went through. I'm gonna do real quick all his kills because they're they are varied. Um, first guy hits hits a guy with a tree branch, takes his gun, punches a guy, picks him up, cracks his back against a tree. Stealth <laughs> kills a guy by stabbing him in the chest, stabs another guy in the throat, sneaks up on another guy, pumps him for information, stabs him in the stomach. Um, stealth kills, stab in the chest, javelin throw, a giant stick through a guy, stabs another guy in the stomach, another stab in the throat, 
runs a guy's head into a tree, hides in some water, and then pops up on a guy, hides under some leaves, too, and stabs another guy. That was the moment that I laughed out loud involuntarily. (laughs) It's when he just pops out, yells, and then kills the guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I think Jen made a comment. Like, how could he have gotten there so quickly? (laughs) He shoots a guy, stabs another guy with a pointy stick, pushes some rocks onto a group of dudes, (laughs) sticks a grenade down a guy's pants, tosses a grenade into a tank, blows up a helicopter with a rocket launcher or a grenade launcher, uh, which is hilarious because it's a helicopter. The explosion. The the stock explosion shot. Right. That was, it was like made on uh, paint. Yeah. (laughs) And blows up some guys with a grenade launcher, pops up out of a hole and machine guns like five or six dudes, um, knocks out Sybil and then shoots her three times, uh, uses throwing knives on two guys, stabs another guy and another guy, booby trap (laughs) a stick into one guy, stick to the throat of another guy, then he drags a guy into a whole bunch of bamboo shoots right through a chest, grenades another guy, then rocket launches some dudes, and that's his, and then beats. Uh, sunglasses to death with his own arm. Yeah, and uh, Cooper has the most sadistic death, where he knocks the guy out and then goes back and pulls the grenade and has the guy's head keep the grenade from going off. Oh yeah. So that when he wakes up from getting knocked out, the grenade goes off and kills him. Yeah, it's his calling card. Does he? It's his it. calling card. Yeah. That's a weird calling card. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would make this shorter and just amp up. Uh, just keep the craziness of the last five minutes throughout the movie. I don't know how you could sustain that for that long, but that's how I'd make it better. Yeah, that, like that the, that's like a full like you're sprinting a marathon essentially. Yeah, it's, so I got to cut like twenty the, minutes out. Yeah, it, it's like it's like the Ultimate Warrior coming out and just sprinting to the ring, shaking the ropes, and then not being able to wrestle more than two minutes because yeah. he's already used all of his energy getting to the ring. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I I, I can see that. Uh, yeah, this movie is just balls to the wall, man. This is so much fun, this movie. It and was. It, I mean, not all of it was fun, but the end, as we said before, the end just justifies everything we sat through before it. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was, it, again, it was something where I'm watching it and I'm thinking, I there's no way I'm going to make it through this movie. And then it just completely does a 180. And I was like, oh, wow, no, I'm invested, man. I'm in. How is he going to kill these dudes? Uh, I, yes, I think that's going to, I think this might wrap it up for, for this, the 50th episode of They Called This Movie. Yep. Um, you guys got any pluggables? Uh, once again, uh, the same old shtick, just my Twitter, diaquino122. Follow Stranger Damies, same thing, at Stranger Damies on Twitter, at Stranger Damies on Instagram. Uh if you have any artwork, like D&D artwork, you can let us know and we'll put it on our Instagram. We'll give you a shout out. Just hit us up there. And uh, if you have any questions, we'll be f- more than happy to answer it. Yeah. Or hell, even I think the main Damie has an Instagram. If you have artwork from Deadly Catch or Deadly, what? I'm sorry. Deadly Prey. Deadly Prey. Deadly Catch sounds like a pretty good movie. It's a, or it's a TV show already, isn't deadliest it? Deadliest Catch. That's, deadliest Catch, all right. I made it the entire episode without doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so close. So close. Because that's what I originally searched in uh, IMDb. No, deadliest <laughs> Catch. I was like, oh, wait, that's something completely different. Ice Road uh, Truckers. Ice Road um, So, yeah, normally, you know, Stranger Damies. Um, I would normally be on Wednesdays before this, but um, 
Uh, as you'll see, you probably already read on Twitter. Um, we're going to take this week off um, between we our last session and the next one. You know, we're gearing up for a big final confrontation. You know, that might take a couple sessions and get into, you know, a little bit. So I'm taking this week off because I'm prepping a very special episode for next Wednesday um, where I'm doing sort of like a how we got there uh, sort of thing where I add a little flavor to some of the clips throughout the uh, the 80 plus episodes um, that we've done of Stranger Damies to just sort of get everyone caught up so that when the next uh, episode hits the week after, everybody will be ready for the showdown at St- in Stillben. Um, and then that'll lead right into our um, uh, annual Halloween one-shot, and that'll lead into Extra Life, um, which is the other pluggable. Um, so you can donate at tinyurl.com slash extralife4, the number four, and that's our um, charity campaign we do every year um, to raise money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Um, we do a 24-hour gaming stream. Uh, on twitch.tv slash the main Um That'll be November 16th, starting at 9 a.m. And we go straight through to 9 a.m. the next morning. Um, we'll have all sorts of uh, old school, new school, tabletop, um, you know, uh, party games. Um, anything you can think of, we'll try and squeeze in there. We got a lot more at our, our, our disposal this time around um, since uh, uh, we have a little bit better of a, a setup. Uh, being at a new location so i'm pumped and looking forward to that um we probably might have another test stream sometime in october just to get all the bells and whistles set up so that when we go for november it's just push button and go and not have to worry about doing things on the fly um on that date uh so be on the lookout for that um like i said november 16th 9 a.m and uh stranger damies um we'll have a live session in there so you can get to see four to five episodes of Stranger Damies without having to wait for them to come out um, each week. So, um, and normally, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at OffTheMarkTweet. Um, most of the time I'm just responding to people or making um, cracks about uh, college football or Philadelphia sports or, you know, things that have nothing to do with D&D or this podcast. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think that's about it. All right. Uh, I am at Aunt Delvec. Uh, we are They Called This Movie. You can find us on theycalledthismovie.podbean.com. Uh, we are on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you could find podcasts, you should be able to find us. I did hear that people were having trouble finding us on Spotify. I assure you we are on that. You just got to look a little bit harder. Um, we are the main Damie. You can find us at themaindamie.com. 31 Days of Horror is coming up, so that that website is going to be super active in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we are the main Damie on all our socials, so at the main Damie on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. They will be as active uh, as the site will be too coming up. Um, we are also now part of Geek Vibes Nation, uh, who are on all. Uh, stream uh, are on all social at geek vibes nation and their website is gvnation.com you if you're listening to us on our own podcast stream you could also find us on their podcast stream as well as a number of other shows that whatever your interests are as long as they're geek related you could probably find another show that you might enjoy um and i think that is it so for Dan Aquino 
and Mark Myers. This is Anthony Del Vecchio telling director of Deadly Prey, David A. Pryor, to go fuck himself. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.